Welcome to the HMO Experience, the UK's only HMO-focused property podcast, where every Monday, Matt, Jamie and Steve will inform and inspire you about everything to do with HMOs, rent-to-rent, and how to set up and grow a successful HMO business, whether you're just starting out or you're already on your way. So welcome to the HMO Experience podcast. This is now episode 28 and I'm joined by Martin, um, who is an expert in a topic that we don't really get to discuss and isn't really part of the conversation in property circles, which is you do a great job about uh, building up your uh, savings, your buying, your assets, but now you've got to start thinking about protection because uh, there's a lot of regulation changes. Uh, there's potential for attack from either from the government or from uh, other areas. And Martin's a, an expert uh, in helping us now. So welcome to the episode, Martin. Thank you, Steve. Cool. So, Martin, tell us a little bit about yourself, your company, um, and the services that you offer. Well, basically, Steve, I've been in the industry, protection industry, um, for 30 years, just over 30 years. Uh, my company name is Protection Supermarket. And you can find me online at protectionsupermarket.com. Um, I specialise in protecting people's assets, namely properties. Um, I do residential properties and um, residential landlord properties, um, HMOs, obviously, um, any major assets. Um, but possibly the biggest asset that anyone has is their family as well. So we, we protect the family. We protect the uh, wealth of the family um, against uh, taxation, mainly inheritance tax, uh, which is an avoidable tax, but people often forget about it. Mm. Um, We do that by um, placing a protection policy to cover the loans taken out on the properties or um, for family protection. It doesn't actually have to uh, protect a particular asset. Um, We place those policies into trust Um, so that if the unexpected happens and there is a claim on the death policy, um, the beneficiaries, which would normally be the spouse or children or even grandchildren, um, would have the the, uh, proceeds of that policy ring-fenced and protected away from the Chancellor um, so that if they had um, a tax liability on the property, or or any asset, um, the money from the protection policy would be there to pay the tax bill, which will come. Right. Um, So it means you don't have to actually dispose of the property. Um, It also means you would have money immediately at a very difficult time. Um, You wouldn't have to worry about um, more charges and pen- late penalties to the Chancellor while you were waiting to dispose of the property because you, you might not be lucky and get a, a mm. fast sale. Yeah. Um, so it's it's all about planning to keep what you've built so hard to get. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the overriding message of, of this is podcast because, I mean, I've been in property for six, seven years now, um, and this is one area that doesn't get the airtime that it deserves. A lot of uh, the conversation about how to acquire, the best way to do that, looking after customers, but at some point, we're all going to pop our clogs. Um, what was it? Someone said the only two things in life you're, you're certain of is death and taxes. And this is where we're covering both bases, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You must be a happy, jolly chap to do that. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's not the... It's, 
I feel that I'm doing a service because um, I'm protecting assets. And I have had calls from um, uh, clients whereby they've lost their husband or their wife suddenly and they are glad that they spoke to me. They're glad that they had the protection um, and they've said basically everything would have fallen down like a house of cards mm. if they hadn't had the protection. Um, it also... Um, doesn't hurt to have something uh, in the critical illness area as well. If the main breadwinner of the family, um, God forbid, had a bad illness, like a stroke, heart attack, curable cancer, and had to go through um, recuperation, were, were unable to work for, say, six months, um, the only thing they have to worry about is getting better and not about finances, not about repossessions, paying the bills, um, that would look after them. So mm. I would normally recommend a small amount of critical illness if affordable to you, um, but certainly to protect any loans um, and also to protect yourself against uh, um, or, or your family against an inheritance tax liability. So cool. it makes sense to do that. Um, the other, other area that we really should uh, touch on as well is protecting the property. Mm. Um, Everybody knows that they should have building insurance, but they don't always remember to take it out. Mm. We can provide that for residential property and landlord cover. Um, also, we can protect against accidental damage in that property. Okay. We can protect against um, what you would call um, tenant damage, malicious, malicious damage, malicious yeah. damage, yeah. Um, it doesn't add a lot to the policy premium, but it can save you a lot of money in the in. You know, in the event of somebody actually trashing your property, yeah, it could cost you thousands of pounds, particularly if they strip everything out. Yeah. And I have had horror stories of that. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. And I've had clients that have said, just give me the basic. I just want to cover the property. I don't want anything else. And I've said, well, it's going to cost you six pounds a month extra to cover it against malicious damage. No, no, no. I'd rather save you six pounds six months later they've got a bill for £5,000 yeah. and they've got a void on the let because it has to be put right. They've had to pay for the money to get it done. They've lost rental income for the, the time that it's empty. Um, and it, it's it's not a good way to save money. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I've heard some horror stories myself on malicious damage. Um, there's a, a contact of ours or a friend of ours in, in Birmingham and uh, he did an insurance review, decided to save a few quid, as, as you uh, explained there. Uh, and one of his um, tenants decided to try and kill herself by setting yeah. fire fire up to the room and as part of his insurance review he skipped or he reduced the level of malicious damage cover mm -hmm. um caused about 10 or eleven thousand pounds worth of damage wow. but the only cover he got up to was like two and a half so he's got to fund fund the addition yeah it really doesn't make sense when you're spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on a property it's a major investment don't skimp on the insurance yeah, uh, because it, it will come back to buy you or it could come back to buy you. And don't forget, it's an allowable expense against a tax man anyway. Yes. You, you can claim it all back. So it doesn't make sense to say, I don't want to pay that extra. It's an allowable, allowable expense against your property income. So would you recommend um, if, if someone's just got one property, they, they need to be considerate about this or is it um, more of an impact on uh, landlords and property owners have got sort of multiple properties. I think every property should have it. Um, everybody insures their own home, 
when they should do. If they haven't, they should do. Um, and you should look at any property that you own as your own home. It is part of your asset. Yeah. It, you know, it's something that if you so wish you could move into, you may want to at a later date. So look after it like you'd look after your car, like you'd look after your own home, ensure it against any peril. Um, it's not as, as expensive as you think. Um, and getting back to the life protection, even more so, protect that asset. You can get a lot of cover for quite a, a reasonable amount. Mm. And I would always look at that. And people will always say, oh, I've already got life cover. Okay. When was the last time you reviewed it? Yeah. You should review every two to three years. Oh, that, that often? That often. Okay. Things change. Rates come down. Um, your loans reduce. Um, you may have given up smoking. Yeah. You may have lost weight where you can actually save money. Or you may have extended your property and forgot... Oh, I borrowed another thirty thousand for that extension. Was that thirty thousand covered on protection? Probably not. You probably okay. forgot to add a little bit more to your policy. So it, it's always worthwhile doing a bit of housekeeping, having a free financial health check, seeing if what you've got now is still specific for your needs. Right. And what are the implications? Say, for example, you, um, either someone's added another property onto their portfolio or they've done some renovations and extensions mm -hmm. and the, the value of the asset has increased. Uh, and then, God forbid, something does happen. What What's the impact on, on um, the people potentially? Well, it, it all depends. When If, if they were to die... Um, Obviously, they've still got the asset, but then you've got the, the tax implications that run alongside that and the time implications. Um, normally, you would want to um, build your portfolio in order to hand it down and keep it in the family. You may want to keep it for retirement purposes, but most people want to keep what they've got. Mm. And um, at a difficult time for your family, um, would you want them worrying about what are we going to do with the properties? We've got to sell them. We can't keep hold of them. Um, we've got this taxation that we've got to pay. We've got no other way of paying it apart from disposing of the property. Right, okay. And then you get into the whole rigmarole of having to sell it and the covering the loans on it and things like that. Exactly, nature. exactly. And the other thing is um, normally the person purchasing in the property is the main wage earner. Yeah. Um, if, for instance, if something happens to myself and I wasn't protected my wife would struggle. She doesn't work. Um, she would be left to pick up all the pieces, including the mortgage, credit cards, um, the odd loan here and there. Um, and she'd have to she'd have to make do without any large sum in the bank. And right. it, it makes sense. Your main asset is your family. Yeah. Your second main asset is your home. Your third main asset is probably your secondary home yeah. or your, your um, property portfolio. Yeah. So... Protect, protect, protect. Okay, cool. So um, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Um, mm -hmm. So the way that some investors uh, purchase now is via companies. Okay. So um, is there the same sort of protections afforded to companies as there are individuals, or is that an implication that um, people need to think about? Because a lot of uh, the changes in the, the property market means that you can't claim mortgages as uh, an expense so therefore your profit is going up so therefore you're going to pay more um port potentially pay more tax so the way that a lot of um property investors are mitigating that is by buying through some sort of company or some sort of uh, legal structure so if i was going to do that um are there the same protections afforded to a company or is, is it completely different 
It, it is different. Um, with the protection that we look at, it's against the individual. It's right. the individual's health. You can't protect a company's health. Um, you can get what's called key person cover, right. which works exactly the same as a regular life policy. Um, it's the same uh, costings. So the, the premiums are exactly the same as they are for a normal individual. Um, but if a key uh, person in a property company were to suddenly keel over, then it would protect the other partners in that property. Okay. Uh, in that company, sorry. So th- that is a, a way of protecting the business. Right. Um, but obviously, it's the individuals. You, you can't um, insure a company against collapse. Yeah. But you certainly can insure the individuals of that company yeah. against collapse. And I know that, for example, my wife would be mightily upset if I'd protected all the other partners but not actually protected her. <laughs> because <laughs> ultimately, everything in my estate would all transfer down to her. Uh-huh. Um, and if I don't have the insurance on, on, the, on, on the outside of the company as well, mm-hmm. then I'm potentially storing wife's... Um, wife's? I'm not storing wives, <laughs> storing problems for uh, for Mrs. Mitchell, which she wouldn't be uh, uh, too impressed about. So, in terms of um, in terms of uh, the the process that someone would, would go through, would you suggest that they start thinking about this before they purchase, or after they purchase, or during the purchase? When when should people start really thinking about this? I think the first thing to do would be. Um, get all your ducks in a row on your own individual property. Make sure that the, the policies that you have are still relevant, that you're not paying too much, that you're not underinsured or indeed overinsured. Um, that would be the first point of call. Then remember to build it into part of your expense. Remember that um, when you buy this secondary property, um, you, you're going to have to insure it um, for the building itself mm. so that the loan people are covered. That will be probably specific to them actually um, offering the mortgage on the property. Um, then uh, the um, insuring yourself against malicious damage um, or theft, that, that needs to be done as well. And then look at um, the loan that you're actually taking out on the secondary property. Do you think, should you have cover for that to protect your family? Right. Okay. I mean, to, speaking honestly and openly to people who watch us on video and people who listen to us on the podcast, podcast it, that is something I've not actually thought about. So um, that's going to uh, definitely go onto my tick list. But tell us a little bit, you mentioned trusts a little bit earlier. So yeah. p- perhaps explain to us um, what is a trust, okay. um, how does it work, and, and why might I want to consider it? Right. A, t- a, t- a trust is a legal documentation. Okay. It supersedes any will. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, um, we would use what's called a flexible discretionary trust, which means it is flexible, it, which um, in layman's terms means it can be changed, mm. but only by the person whose life assured is on the policy. Okay. So if um, you were to write a policy in trust um, and you were going to leave, say, um, the proceeds to your wife um, as an initial beneficiary and then your children as secondary beneficiaries may be apportioned between them equally. Mm. Um, you would be free to change that at any point. Um, okay. You may have another child, which you want to include in the trust. Um, you may have a marital problem and you might want to take someone off the trust. Right, okay. Hopefully not. Um, That's why it's called flexible. It's called flexible, exactly. <laughs> That's why it's called flexible. So it's not written in stone, but only you can change it. A solicitor can't change it. Your wife can't change it. Your children can't change it. It cannot be disputed. Um, now, the benefits of the trust, um, as opposed to a will, are that um, things happen immediately. Right. You haven't got to wait for probate. 
Okay. So um, if, for instance, you'd taken out a 100,000 life policy and something happened to yourself your and you left it in trust to your wife, your wife would have the proceeds of that policy within three weeks. Wow. Okay. Um, which stops any immediate um, problems with regards to money. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult time. Obviously, there's difficulties to deal with in any sort of bereavement. But you don't want to be worrying about how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to pay the mortgage? What about the funeral? It's an extra burden that you don't want to leave anybody. Yeah. Um, so basically, the trust means that um, the money goes to who it's meant to go to when it's going when it's meant to get there. Basically, as Got soon it. as possible. Now, with a trust, um, it, it's the policy that's in the trust, not the property. Oh, okay. Okay. So we couldn't actually put the property in trust. Right. But we would put the protection of that property in trust. Okay. Okay. Or if there was a family protection, that would work exactly the same. It's the actual sum assured on the policy that's ring-fenced away from the tax man. I see. Now... So is that tax avoidance? It is, yeah. It's it's more of a tax... Not tax avoidance. It's uh, tax planning. Got it. Okay. Tax planning. And basically, if you were to die and you didn't have a policy in trust, immediately the, the money from that would go to your wife. Yeah. There's no tax implication there. Right. But if your wife dies and then it's passed down to your children, that's when the liability comes in from okay. the tax man. Now, there are scenarios, and this has happened to clients, unfortunately, that I know of, um, whereby... They take. They t- already had a policy. They had a joint policy. I asked them, would they like to look at maybe doing two individual plans because you can't place a joint policy in trust in the UK. Okay. Um, they said no. They'd be happy to leave it as it was. And I said, you're looking at a potential double payout, and you could place the two individual plans into trust for very, very slightly more money than you're paying now. It was. It was a few pounds. It wasn't much at all. Okay. No. No. We'll leave it as it is. Unfortunately, I got a call um, from their executor of their will. Um, They'd gone together in a car accident. Oh, God. Now, apart from that being absolutely awful, um, from a trust point of view, they would have been covered. But on a joint plan, it paid out once, and because they'd both gone together, the tax liability fell immediately onto the children. Wow. Wow. And the taxman wanted 40% of the life policy value. Wow. Um, going back to 100,000 to keep the numbers easy, yeah. that, meant, that meant the children, apart from losing their parents, were presented with a 40,000 tax bill by wow. the revenue. Um, wow. Now, in normal circumstances, okay, people would say, well, they still had 60,000 left. <laughs> okay. But the whole idea of taking a policy out is to protect your family and for that money to go to the family. Yeah. Why would you want to pay 40000 to the Chancellor that you don't have to pay? Mm. Why would you want to do that? And it's a simple form. It's a free service. I do not charge for the service, and neither do, do the insurers charge for the service. Right. Solicitors will charge. Solicitors charge for everything, as you know. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> but um, that's something as we offer as a broker, um, and we recommend it to all of our clients, and we get about a 90% take-up on it. Wow. It just makes sense. 
uh, totally. So, um, so if someone was looking to um, to find out a bit more about that, they could obviously uh, contact you. And we're going to put Martin's uh, contact details in the footnotes of uh, of the podcast. Um, we have to say, obviously, there's other people around that offer that service. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the um, having got to, gotten to know you um, when you're going through a scenario like that, it's whilst the the protection is important, it's all about also about the support. Yeah, and that you get as you're going through uh, this this trying and, th- and this terrible time. Um, and building up a relationship with someone that can sort of walk you through the process, yeah. that understands your history, mm-hmm. understands what um, the, the, the assets are worth uh, and monitors to make sure the payouts uh, happen, whilst all of the bereavement and all of the trauma that's happening to the, to the family. To have a professional on your side um, that's taking care of that element for you, you can't really put a value on. No, I, I agree, Steve. It's it's something that we pride ourselves on as a brokerage. Um, unfortunately, in the UK, 95% of policies are not written in trust. Oh, really? That is down to poor brokering, in my in my honest opinion. Yeah. I think um, brokers should be prepared to do that extra step. Uh, if they want to charge, that's their prerogative. We don't. We um, value our customers, and we... we offer that as a free service because it makes sense and it gives us customer loyalty. Yeah. That's what we yeah. get. So um, so we're going to wrap it up there. So first mm-hmm. of all, Martin, just want to thank you very much for your time. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me, Steve. As I said, this is at the very beginning, this is a, a subject that doesn't really get discussed or talked about in the property circles and if you're listening uh, to us on the podcast or if you're watching us on the YouTube channel uh, and you do have assets and you don't have this type of protection then I would strongly recommend that you reach out to Martin uh, and other brokers but we we like working with Martin and uh, his contact details are uh, below we trust Martin and we've got to know his business over uh, a period of the last sort of three or four months uh, and he's actually taught us a thing or two as well because our knowledge wasn't really uh, up to scratch where it should be and we're um, serial property investors so I would suggest that you reach out you if you haven't got this in place you need to at least start thinking about it and why not take up Martin's offer of a, a sort of a free health check just to to see where uh, you are currently and whether you've got the right uh, protection in place so uh, we're going to call it wraps there so please reach out to us on social media you can connect with us on facebook on instagram on uh twitter i think matt normally does this bit so i keep i actually said we they can reach out to us on tinder not really knowing what tinder <laughs> is so i was quite quickly um uh, put in my place for that one um but reach out to us on social media if you've got questions about this subject um because as i said it's not really talked about then put your questions in the comments below and we'll forward them over to martin and martin i'm sure would be very happy Absolutely. to answer any questions we have so but we're going to wrap that uh this episode now but uh, check us out on the next week um jamie I don't think we'll be back with us yet. It depends on uh, how he progresses through on uh, Love Island. Uh, we've kind of heard, I think he's out of Casa Ramon now, um, but we're, uh, we're going to get an update soon, so we'll uh, share that on the next podcast. Anyway, for now, have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the HMO Experience. Don't forget that all of the resources mentioned in each episode will be available on our website www.thehmoexperience.co.uk We regularly update our website with new content to help you along your HMO journey. 
So make sure you check out www.thehmoexperience.co.uk for more details. Also, remember to join our online community by liking the HMO Experience Facebook page and subscribing to our YouTube channel. 